0: Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm so glad you have a chance to spend a little time with me this afternoon. I enjoy the nice Chico weather in the summertime and another nice day today. Business Buzz keeps me going. I get bogged down in my regular day job, but coming in here and talking with you and I'm glad to be here today. I'm glad you have a chance to spend some time with me. I have a Now, I have to say, I'm going to keep this as a little bit of a surprise, but I have a very interesting guest today. So, that's how I'm going to preface that. And I want to start out today because we're going to be discussing some topics that are a little bit out of the ordinary. And I want to preface that with a few quotes. The other day, I, I began with a quote of the day, and it was actually a political one from Woodrow Wilson. But today, I'm going to quote a few scientists on a topic called quantum physics. And of course, I'm not going to get technical because I'm not a physicist. I don't even know these things uh, mathematically. But I do read a lot about them. So we're going to have an interesting day today with interesting, uh, some bit of a few strange topics. But I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be very good. And like I say, we have a very special... We actually, in a way, we have two very special guests, so I'll get into that in a minute. So my first discussion about this quantum physics, I brought a few good quotes in, and some are from people you know that you've heard of, so it won't be too foreign to you. But just to preface a little bit, if you're not familiar with what quantum physics says and what it has discovered over the last hundred years or so, here's a quote from Albert Einstein. I can't accept quantum mechanics because I like to think the moon is there even if I am not looking at it. So that's the world's smartest man, and he, he wants to make sure that the moon is still there if he's not looking at it. So that's, that's a bit of a quantum physics thing. Then there's a guy named uh, Werner Heisenberg, who's a pretty famous physicist, and he says the atoms of elementary particles themselves are not real they form a world of potentialities or possibilities rather than one of things or facts so one thing to keep in mind whenever you hear the word quantum physics is that the old called Newtonian physics is the uh, Isaac Newton stuff where Physical bodies and celestial bodies, large things, behave in a certain way, and when the apple fell on his head, that is Newtonian physics. But this quantum physics is the examination of tiny, small particles, which wasn't available to Newton uh, back in the 1600s, but it did become available to the scientists in the early 1900s, and that's where this all started. Now, there's another man named Niels Bohr, B-O-H-R, and he's one of the main guys in the physics world uh, way back when. And his take on it is, anyone not shocked by quantum mechanics has not yet understood it. So if you think about that, that's a, a little bit of a, of a backwards uh, way to say it, but uh, anyone not shocked by quantum mechanics or quantum physics has not yet understood it. Then there's a guy named Pasquale Jourdan, I'm assuming he's French. He says, observations not only disturb what is to be measured, they produce it. So that's sort of like the Einstein with the moon problem. Until it's observed, it's not there, is what these guys are saying. And they're not just joking. These are 100 years of experiments that have never proven this wrong. Then there's another quote from a guy named Bernard Despagnat, uh, probably another French guy. The doctrine that the world is made up of objects which, whose existence is independent of human consciousness turns out to be in conflict with quantum mechanics and with facts established by experiment. Hmm, that's a little freaky. I've got two more. Uh, one is from Martin Rees, R-E-E-S, probably an English fellow, I would guess. says, in the beginning, there were only probabilities. The universe could only come into existence if someone observed it. It does not matter that the observers turned up several billion years later. The universe exists because we are aware of it. And I'm saving... I'm saving the one for last that I'm pretty sure you'll know who this is. This is from an actor named William Shatner, and his quote is, the possibilities that are suggested in quantum physics tell us that everything that we're looking at may not be in fact there. So the underlying nature of being is weird. So that's, <laughs> that's William Shatner, everybody's favorite astronaut from Star Trek, and I just thought that was kind of funny that he points out the same thing that the scientists say. And the reason I preface that, today's show with the, uh, the reason I preface today's show with the um, quotes about quantum physics is that my guest in the studio today is a former guest on my show. I interviewed her a few months back. Her name's Linda Mylink. She has a Real uh, wealthy history of journalism, writing, studies. uh, Very intelligent person. She's part of the Chico Writers Mastermind Group uh, that I'm a part of also. And she is here today, but the reason why I say we have two guests today is that she is going to turn the tables and she's going to interview me. So she's the guest interviewer and I'm the guest guest. So how you doing today, Linda? I'm
1: doing great. Thanks, Harold.
0: All right. So glad you're here. The, uh, so today, uh, I'm going to sort of turn it over to you because you've been kind enough to offer to do that, and I'm in the process of writing a book, but we'll get into that as you uh, ask a few questions. But uh, I would like first to have you introduce yourself a little bit for people who might not have heard the original one. And uh, you used to be a professional journalist with newspaper writing and things like that?
1: Uh, Yes. I was the editor at the Paradise Post for 12 years, which I'm most infamous around here for. I also worked at a New York Times paper in Florida and ended my career as the features editor at the Reno Gazette Journal.
0: Great. I just wanted to establish for the audience that you're a very well-heeled professional journalist writer. That was my main thing. Right. I like to give credit where credit is due.
1: Well, I'm really excited to interview you today. Well, I have never <laughs> interviewed anybody specifically on the radio. Usually right. it's uh, you know, just plain old-fashioned journalism with a notebook. So I'm intending to have a lot of fun here. Good. Uh, my first thing I wanted to say that I found out about you, you went to law school.
0: Yes, I did. I have a law degree.
1: And in, why did you go to law school?
0: That's an interesting question. I have been a tax preparer since the 80s when I got out of college with an accounting degree. I became a CPA in the late 80s. I was in my own practice doing a lot of income taxes for a living in the mid 90s. I've always been interested in the law, but it wasn't a passion that I felt like I had to go do. And to be honest, in the I believe that was the days of the Clinton administration. They were seriously talking about real tax overhaul and real tax simplification right. and at the time my accounting practice was more tax oriented than accounting so I said to myself if they were to do this which is probably only a 10% chance that's still a 10% chance that I'm going to be unemployed so, huh. so I decided to attend the local uh, Cal Northern School of Law and I got my degree in June of the year 2000.
1: Well, no offense here, but I can't believe you went into tax law. Uh, that and tort are supposed to be the most boring and the most difficult. And there's always this rumor, not really true, but, but that CPAs are so boring. And if there's anything you're not, it's boring, not boring. You have so many diverse interests. I, I he- can't begin to keep up with you. I'm so- here
0: to dispel the CPA is boring uh- Conundrum.
1: Yeah, I, I <laughs> dated a CPA once. Can I give him a shout out? Yeah, let, let's
0: hear about okay,
1: that. Okay. Uh, David Ritchie, if you're out there listening, um, I dated him for a long time. He was at my daughter's wedding and he was never boring. Oh, good. We went to there more parties than, than yeah. uh, I've done with yeah. anybody else. So oh. I'll take that away. I don't think you're boring at all. And well, you're still working as a CPA, right? Yes, that's you're still my, a CPA. my day job. Yes. And so you managed to work in this it, this thing that's repetitive, but your imagination is amazing. You started our group, the yes, Writer's Mastermind. Yes, I started Mastermind.
0: the Chico's Writer's Mastermind group, yes.
1: And what got you interested in writing, of all things?
0: I mainly, I'm, I started writing, I've never written any real fiction. I try, but I just don't seem to have the energy to spend that many hours on something that I, isn't, I don't feel is going to pay because I'm so busy with work that I'm always thinking about, well, I got to make a living, got to pay all the bills. My writing became a passion when I was reading. I was reading a lot of interesting books of spiritual history, spiritual authors, and what struck me that caused me to start writing about this was that I was seeing total parallel things in all these different things from ancient spiritual writing, uh, lost books of the Bible, uh, all the way up to the modern Eckhart Tolle. And I thought there's something to this because they all say basically the same thing. So that sort of got me going. And as a business person, my connections are with my clients and all the people I've met through my CPA work over the years and a large group of tax clients. So I said to myself if I could if I could teach this and condense it and teach basic people including business people the spiritual side of things which I had never learned until this would be about late 40s for me then I feel like I could have done a lot better over the previous 20 years if I had have had the spiritual side in my business so I put together this idea to have a spiritual business course and uh, We can kind of go from there, but that's how it started. My reading led me to be amazed at the similarities between teachings spanning thousands of years.
1: Now, you have mentioned quite a few times the Course in Miracles.
0: That's one of the main things. It's not the thing that started me, but as I got going through these books, and I have read some course items here on my uh, Business Buzz show as I was reading things like Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now, he was quoting parts of a book called A Course in Miracles, and I did not know what that was. And then I studied I found out where that was, I got a copy, and I got hooked on that book, so that's become an integrated part of this whole thing that I'm putting together.
1: So was your it was your original idea to tie that to business?
0: Well, I sort of use this more as a it's more of an idea that marketing wise, I don't have, I'm not a, a, a preacher, minister. I've never had a spiritual education. I have no credentials spiritually. Mm-hmm. I have credentials in the business world. Right. Knowing that, I figured if I'm going to get my message out spiritually, which actually applies to everybody. It's not limited to business people. But my foot in the door, my niche is going to end up being the fact that I'm a CPA with a law degree and I've been in business for 30 odd years doing accounting and taxes. So I know that if I tie my spirituality into the business title, I will get my foot in the door to actually go out and educate people.
1: Now, do you educate your clients that you're going along or is it something else?
0: Well, to be honest, the education that I do, yes, it involves my own work Silently educating people as we go, but that's not something they would see or notice directly. You but, don't
1: proselytize.
0: That's right. I mean, okay. I, I, but I, I did originally start my very first l- seminar when I put this together was by, and I rented, of course, for free at the law school where I teach. I borrowed a room for an evening and I had. 8 or 10, 12 clients who I knew were interested in this because I had already talked to them about it. I said, I'm having a seminar tonight. Can you come and listen? And I gave them the Miracle Business Method, which is the name of the book. And the fact that I got immediate, good, positive feedback after that very first meeting told me that I can make this very beneficial to a lot of people. So I haven't, we'll talk about that. I haven't got it rolling completely, but it's in the process of helping a lot of people. We're coming up on break number one. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. We'll be right back with my special interview with Linda Mylink, and special guest, Harold Littlejohn. Acme Crane Entertainment reminds everyone that the blood you donate gives someone another chance at life, and that someone might be a close relative, a friend, a loved one, or even yourself. So give blood. Give the gift of life. This important reminder was sponsored by Acme Crane Entertainment in Oroville, serving the area with quality and integrity for many years. So go with a name you can trust and call Acme Crane Entertainment at 530-534-4830. They're on the air because they care. Hello, this is Samantha Landy, and I bring you Psalms of
1: Hope heard here on Life Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon. So do tune in and join me for beautiful music and an encouraging word from the
0: Lord. Psalms of Hope with Samantha Landy, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon, here on KKXX. Hi, this is James McDonald, Bible teacher on Walk in the Word. I can't tell you how much we appreciate radio stations like the one you're listening to right now. Without our radio partners, Walk in the Word wouldn't be, couldn't be heard each day. Be sure to contact your station and let them know how much you appreciate their ministry in your life. Walk in the Word with James McDonald, Weeknights at 6 p.m. here on KKXX. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn CPA. I'm your host and I'm also the guest today. Linda MyLink has been kind enough to interview me and Linda has a few more questions for me. I know she's not finished, so fire away. <laughs> no, and
1: thank you, Harold. It's really fun to have the other the shoe on the other foot today. I'm really enjoying it. Um what about, what is your book about? You've talked about the miracle uh, business and how you're putting together that for seminars in which I suppose you'll talk, you'll use your book as a it's teaching a, device. It's, a, it's
0: an avenue to get my teaching and my coaching into various places like companies, HR departments, places that I can actually help with things that happen in workplaces that can be fixed sometimes almost immediately by these spiritual practices.
1: What is in your book that can do this? Because I need a copy of it, I'll tell you.
0: (laughs) That's the thing. I mean, I feel like everybody can use it, and it helps me on a daily basis. First of all, the main premise of the Miracle Business Method, it started when I started a blog, and I started doing blog posts of all the topics that I was reading about, studying, practicing, actually working, seeing the results. This book... It basically involves five or six main educational steps that, and I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, it actually gives you exercises and steps that you can actually do. This isn't just theory where you read and think, ooh, that's really interesting. I wonder how I could ever apply that to my life. It actually includes steps that are basic spiritual practices, like I say, that actually stem from thousands of years ago, but it's all the same. And it allows you to, number one, problem solve. Number two, help other people at the same time. And I would say the basics of this whole method is that the general idea is you cannot fix the problems on the level you're at from that level the only way to fix the problems on your level here in the world is to step back and get onto the level above that which is your spiritual level and the main thing about that is simply observing your thoughts instead of letting your thoughts run your daily life that would be my my number one summary of the miracle business method now how you get to that point is the problem how do you get to the point where number one You give this a chance to work, and you start seeing results. And that's where my book and lessons actually will tell you this is how you do it. Here's some exercises you can do starting today, starting right now.
1: I read one of the suggested exercises, and the first thing that I noticed was that it said, this wasn't your writing, but something that you had read. um, You don't have to believe in it to do it.
0: That's right. One of the main things is you don't have to believe it. You just need to try it. Most people, when you first tell them things like this, if they haven't been exposed spiritually, like I would say 15 years ago, I would have been completely clueless about this before I started reading. I'll give you a quick little story. I was at my Toastmasters meeting. I used to be a regular Toastmaster. I would still like to do it, but it's hard to make all the meetings on time, but I'm still a member of the Toastmasters. I was at a Toastmasters meeting and I gave a. The Toastmasters gives you a short speech time that you have to get your point across in about six to eight minutes. I gave a speech simply about mind watching, which is what I just sort of described. And when I got done with this speech, and the way I look at this, if you can influence one person a day, you're making progress in the world. I gave this speech and there was actually a Toastmaster who had a blank look on their face and said, you've blown my mind. And this person, I think I actually changed her life with a six-minute speech just simply describing the process of stepping back and observing your thoughts instead of being and acting your thoughts.
1: What I wanted to... What I would like you to clarify for me, though, is that this is a kind of spirituality, but like in Christianity, you have to believe first. That's the rule. You have to have faith first. And I'm wondering how this compares to Christianity. Is Christianity a part of what you're saying? Um, does it is it a parallel? Uh, what's the difference between what you're doing here and just Christianity?
0: Okay. I would like to say that if you have... If you've ever seen a diagram, I don't know what they call it, it might be a Venn diagram or something, but you have two subset circles. Like you could have a subset of females and a subset of Hispanic people. And if you took those two circles, you would have an intersecting piece of that that would include Hispanic women. Mm
1: -hmm. Of
0: course. Okay, so I would say that Christianity in the standard church type sense would have some overlapping things with this but just like it's mentioned in the book A Course in Miracles I believe that though I do believe that Jesus was a real person and a prophet I don't believe the biblical part and the church part of the Christianity that says he is the Son of God the Course and my system believes that we're all part of the same sonship is what the Course calls it. So I would say there's some overlapping things with Christianity and Course in Miracles is very Jesus-type oriented but it, diverse, it diverts from the hardcore Christian thing about punishment and we have to atone for our sins. So. I would say there's some overlap, but it's definitely not any kind of Christianity-based uh, work.
1: Okay, so Christianity would be like maybe a subset yes. of what you're talking about, yes. which is more broad, right. more worldly. Right. Um, so uh, what about, there are, there are also some other religions right now that are out there, like Scientology. Uh, that's the main one I can think of right the now. How that, does yours differ right. from that? And
0: the other thing that's popular these days is called law of attraction right and so uh, this differs from that in this respect with things like scientology and law of attraction you actually have a lot of good versus bad positive versus negative the basis of and a lot of this does stem from the course in miracles thinking that it permeates my my book because it's just it's so overpowering to me and, and it makes so much sense What we do here, our only job here and the reason we have the world and we have time is to forgive. That's why we're here. And that's the basis of the Course. In other words, in the Bible, when Jesus says, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. The Course explains it's not that... It's not what they did that broke a law or was mean to somebody or hurt someone. That's not what he meant. What he meant was they don't realize that they aren't really here. Okay. But they think they're here, so the only thing we can do for them is to forgive them because they know not what they do.
1: So you're saying that in our everyday life, most of the time, we don't really know what we're doing. We think we're in control, but we're not really in control.
0: And one of the main things about that is that If you notice, every day you'll have a problem with something. You'll fix one problem and another one will come up. I have a CPA office. Every day some new letter comes from something, some new issue comes up for one of my clients. It's just part of life. The reason you have these problems is that the world is here to divert you from knowing that you are still a part of God.
1: Can you explain that a little more in okay. depth there? Because okay. that's uh, yeah. your weird... No, no, I know. I'm, what go, I'm doing going out every day. a little quick, yeah. Okay, what we're doing every day is just being diverted from the that's reality right. that of our greater purpose. We that's, have a greater purpose beyond what we do correct. every day. And
0: we need to rethink why we're here. And it's a moment-by-moment decision whether we're going to follow the part of our mind that gives our thoughts and takes us with our thoughts... Or we're going to step back and say, wait a minute, is that really, is that really that meaningful? Is that really that important? Now we are coming up on break number two, so I don't want to, All I right. don't want to cut anything off, but I know it's a little bit hard and I'll try to get into it in the next segment. I'll try to explain it a little better, but the key to the miracle business method is it'll help you when you try this. And just like you said, you don't have to believe it. You just have to try it. Once you've tried some of these methods and you see that they work, you'll become more involved in trying more and seeing if they keep working for you. So we're coming up on that break. We'll be right back on Business Buzz. Stay tuned. Rock House Dining and Espresso, now featuring Jamming for Jesus, a Christian Jam Night. The first one is Saturday, June 23rd, 5-8pm. to 8 p.m. Rock House is located only 2 miles past the hardware store, in Yankee Hill on Highway 70. Originally built in 1937, Rock House has served as a restaurant, tavern, shower house, barber shop, a gas station, and a cafe. Serving yummy and creative vegetarian offerings as well as a fantastic Reuben and French dip sandwich. Yum! Don't forget the awesome iced coffee and fruit smoothies. Rock House is looking forward to hosting more Christian musicians. Enjoy dinner specials every Saturday night at Rock House Dining and Espresso. That's Rock House Dining and Espresso on Highway 70 in Yankee Hill.
1: 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke.
0: This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to toe, Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Thank you. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm your host and I'm your guest because Linda Mylink, my former guest, is now the host today and she's interviewing me about a book that I think you'll all enjoy. It isn't actually published yet, but uh, it's in the works. It's been in the works for a while and I don't want to do anything quick. I'm going to make sure a lot of thought goes into everything I do. So Linda, continue with your line of questioning.
1: Okay, we talked briefly about um, Christianity, spirituality before, and just for your, re- your uh, listeners' benefit, I wanted to clarify this. I could still hang on to my Christianity and do what you're doing. Is that right? I could be a Christian and yes, still? Yes, you
0: can be a Christian. To be honest, if you are willing to forgive, you could probably even be a Satanist. Because, wow. because behavior is not... A judgment call in this whole course system that I base a lot of my book on it's not what you do it's how you treat others how you honor others and I don't want to jump too far ahead but the real basis of being able to do that and understanding why forgiveness is so important is that if it's true that the world is an illusion like the religions have been saying without really explaining it for thousands of years if that's true the reason why you need to forgive everybody is because you're actually looking at your own thoughts you're not looking at an enemy or an opposition you're not looking at someone trying to fire you that day or you're not looking at someone you're trying to sell a car to today you're actually looking at a form of your own thoughts And if you forgive that thought, you will also forgive yourself.
1: There's. I just heard today about someone talking about Trump and the idea that he believes everything is a zero-sum game, which is one person wins, another person loses. And I think one of the things I'm hearing with you is that not everybody, there's no winners or losers. We are just all people here trying to help each other. We're
0: all part of the sunship, which the Course just describes as we have God, and then we have the Son of God. I don't want to get too religious because I'm not a Bible person. Right. I'm not a knowledgeable Bible person. But the whole thing about one person wins and one loses, that is sort of the opposite of mm-hmm. the idea of working together. In other words, you, what I think about and talk about in the book is the increase if you come to me and you say well I'm a CPA and I'm looking to open an office in Chico, if I think as the zero sum game like that Trump thing you mentioned, then I would say "Ooh, I better try to undermine this guy's idea to come to Chico because if he's a CPA here that's one, that's one less tax client I'm gonna get next year. But in reality I should realize that if this is actually part of my thoughts Then I should welcome him, and try to help him out, and because eventually even bigger,
1: right? Eventually, Chico may be the spot to go to for everybody to get their taxes done. So everybody wins, as opposed to one person has to win and another loses, mm -hmm. which kind of encompasses a bigger world than just you know Chico a very small world in which there's just a very limited amount of benefits to go around.
0: Another good business point, and the miracle business method, of course, involves business thinking also, another good point to that is, well, no one CPA, no one doctor, no one nurse, no one teacher can be everything to everyone. And everybody needs to have a special niche that people like about you, they don't like about you. Knowledge of the tax law doesn't mean you're the right CPA for everybody. So the fact that a new CPA might be moving into town opening up an office actually helps because that guy might have experience, say, in farm income tax that I'm not, I'm not a farming expert. So by using the increase theory, you would welcome any kind of new person talking with you. And the other thing in the Miracle Business Method and the other thing to remember is there are no accidents. There are no coincidences. The fact that you, for example, came into the Chico Writers Mastermind Group and became a major part of it that has really made it a better group. Thank you. That was not an accident. Uh, There's been a couple other people that came to the meeting and it's like, this is exactly what this group needed and it happened. And so... There's no coincidences, and there really should be no, the whole zero-sum thing, anybody who thinks in terms of dollars is probably always going to feel that way. Uh, anybody who's a billionaire is going to think, well, I've got $10 billion, but this guy's got $50 billion. You know, what did I do wrong? That kind of thing. So yeah, the, the competitive mind is just the, kind of the downfall of the, of the human race.
1: How can people benefit? You, you're talking about this, but how are you saying you can actually just make things happen? That... You can
0: actually make your reality change by changing your thoughts. I know that you've heard this before, but until you put it into practice, you won't realize it. I would be a firm, I mean a CPA, a money guy, a numbers guy, grew up in a suburban East Bay household, I'm the furthest thing from a spiritual guru. But after I started realizing that this might help me because everybody goes through stress and problems and you know, negative thinking, I realized that I was getting major help by doing this. And I've had actual times where I will concentrate on these silent practices. Nobody has to know you're doing it. And I will see within 10 seconds the mood of the room change by what i've just done. And i you can't claim superiority with it because it's all interconnected, but this whole thing about that's why i read those quotes from einstein and all that about quantum physics. When scientists look at the physical world at the small parts of it, they see that there is no there are no small parts of it. It appears out of nothing. That fits in exactly with the things i've been reading with the course and all that. So yeah, the competitive mind, uh, anytime you feel like you have lack, like you're, you, you're, you have lack in your life, that's the competitive, uh, I call it the wrong mind, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's natural. It's the thinking mind versus the right mind. And when you get into that right mind, you start realizing things mean a lot less. The fact that your car has a dent in the door, it just means so much less when you're in that right mind instead of that thinking mind.
1: I noticed with the group we all have we all have a certain amount of time to talk but there is a very benevolent feeling in the group that if all of us would get better if one person gets better we all get better because we share it and it's it makes the group really excellent it's as a, a great example. Yeah, as a writing teacher I've been in and as a writer I've been in so many groups and I've never found ours does seem to have a magical quality about it. And you're, so you're saying basically there are no coincidences.
0: That's right. And that's so true. When a group gets together, the power of that group is so, so powerful. There's people who follow the Eckhart Tolle things like the power of now, and they actually form groups. And Eckhart Tolle calls this presence. What I'm calling observing your thoughts, he calls it presence. It's the same thing. And they actually have rooms full of people doing this all at the same time. And the power of that to improve your well-being. uh, And as far as the physical benefits of this, I'm not a doctor. I don't get into that. But uh, I have been, maybe it's just pure luck, but uh, I've been a very healthy person for these last 10 or 12 years. And I'm, I don't even, we don't talk about age on Business Buzz, but I celebrated a, giant sixtieth birthday party about a year ago. So I mean, I'm not saying this will cure your physical ills, but I can tell you that it sure as heck can't hurt to try these type of exercises. And they're free.
1: Well you notice that when we were talking about quantum the difference between Newtonian physics and quantum physics and the scientific at that community at that time felt there was no place else to go. Ergo there was no God. But Einstein also said that God doesn't play dice with the universe, meaning there has to be some kind of meaning beyond it. And what they're talking about now is this very, very minute, these, these little particles that are inside of atoms that are so small. And this is what we're made out of. We are not really made out of our body as we see it, but instead of all these tiny muons. And the very fact that we're in the same room together, we will exchange muons. Later throughout our whole life, we'll always have this connection which again, means there are no coincidences. If my sister is ill and I feel an urge to call her, that's not a coincidence. That's because my sister and I have shared so many muons and so many activities, and we're communicating on a cellular level, which I think is amazing. And also, I'm sure that's going to be part of your book.
0: Yes, and another part of the quantum physics that people should know, and that relates directly to this, and the book talks about this, my book talks about this, there is a Think, and I, 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 The name of it is escaping me right at the moment. I apologize for that. It's kind of like a synchronicity thing. I just can't think mm-hmm. of the name. And what it is is they measure certain spins of these particles that are like a mile apart. And the communication between these particles is faster than the speed of light. Now, our old theory, even with Einstein, is that nothing can be faster than the speed of light. They have found that up to miles apart, things react to each other. Now, my point of that is, if the universe began with a Big Bang, the theory is, everything that was once connected is still connected. Mm -hmm. So if the universe began with a Big Bang, everyone you meet today is from the same particle that started the universe. Now, it sounds corny, and people say, oh, I've heard that before. But when you think about it, that's why this Course in Miracles makes so much sense. We are all one. We're not separate. And the whole problem we have, in according to the Course, is we think we're separated from God, when in reality we're not. And so that's why you need to treat everyone you see as if it's part of you.
1: It isn't... It doesn't sound corny if you think about the fact that just because people were saying this without, but now it's a science. It's actually scientifically they're able to say yes, there are these connections. We can make things happen, and whether that comes from above, below, or in between, and we'll follow um, up. I don't think we need after this last
0: break. So stay tuned to Business Buzz. We'll be right back. Okay. received news that chlorina and sludge have been captured for impersonating spring water let's now go to our field reporter all
1: once again bob the drop saves the world from fake water and oh here's bob now bob do you have anything to say well chlorina and sludge from tapopolis are the worst why would you want wannabe water when you can have the best tasting water delivered right to your door anyone can get mount shasta spring water if they call us at 1-800-922-6227
0: pure and simple naturally the best mount shasta spring water This is you over 30 years ago.
1: Are we there yet? Are we there yet?
0: And this is your mom now.
1: Are we there yet? Are we there yet?
0: Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. By constantly keeping the radio dial locked in right here, our listeners experience a difference in their day. You
1: wake up with God on your mind, and um, all through the day, as much as I can get a chance, I'm listening to the radio. The atmosphere that you create determines the product that you'll produce. And so through the course of your day, you start your day with a presence of God so that your day will be productive and, you know, you can do the will of God and have a clear mind in doing it.
0: Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM.
1: Hey, good afternoon, and welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Linda Milink, and I am here interviewing Harold Littlejohn, who usually does this to other people. All right. And we are talking today about how the most sophisticated thing we know, which is quantum mechanics, seems to be proving that all the spiritual religions and beliefs from throughout our past may have a basis in reality. And in, in fact, what may, may be happening is that the more physicists, study these things, the more they seem to find out we are all one, we are all connected, and we're all made up of teeny, teeny, tiny things called muons that are exchanged constantly, and it's taking us in a whole different direction. Instead of God being dead, God is very much alive. We just haven't really been able to understand him yet.
0: I'd like to interject something, right, with that thought. One thing that'll happen when, if you Start practicing this. If, if you out there listening, if, if you start practicing these things, the world will send messengers to try to convince you that the world is right and your theory is wrong. You will have tons of people that you know, maybe even family members, that will tell you that that is crazy. How could you even think that? The car broke down today. This world is a pile of junk and this is and you are not wrong I'm sorry you're not right you're on the wrong track you will have messengers from the world telling you this is not correct so don't listen to them <laughs> it's just it's
1: like the temptation of Christ i'm sorry if i keep bringing no, this no, back to religion that's fine. but i i do know a lot about it and what's very interesting to me is what you're talking about the forgiveness as opposed to punitive measures that's the difference between the old testament and the new testament Because Christ said, I came to bring you a new law, which is that you love your brother even as you love yourself. So we're washing away the Old Testament, which was mostly about, you know, lashing people or or murdering people or having them pay. Yes, punishing. So
0: think of it this way. What if the course that I've been reading and my book that I put a lot of different books together, what if it's true? What if Jesus made such a huge mark on the world that later got kind of crisscrossed with a bunch of church, pope, catholic, weird stuff. What if Jesus the man was just a person who realized that these things are true and he believed it? I don't know if anybody here has heard of the book called The Lost Years of Jesus.
1: No. It's
0: about the fact that the Bible ends when he's about 12 and picks up again when he's about 26 or something. Yes. And the theory of this book documents eastern temples and places in the east that say that he was visiting there so it makes sense that if he got some eastern religion going which was more of the world is an illusion it could be that jesus was just thinking the same things we're talking about today he realized it was true but he knew and he even said that his disciples were not ready for this they did not understand the true meaning of his teaching. Like when he says, split open a piece of wood, I am there. They couldn't, on a world, that's what I'm saying about levels. On the level of the world, that makes no sense. There is no Jesus in the middle of that wood. But what he's saying is if you equate those sayings with what we're talking about today and what all these other people have been talking about for 5,000 years, it makes sense that the real reason Jesus was such a big influence is that he was teaching from this place that nobody else had even thought of going, in the West anyway. That's just a that's just something I like to think about, because that Lost Years of Jesus is a fascinating book.
1: Well, the interesting thing here that you're bringing up is that a lot of what Jesus was saying has a lot in common with Eastern thought, with right. things like Buddhism, Hinduism, yeah. uh, the idea that uh, we should forgive, that this isn't a zero-sum game, that silence, we can learn more from silence than we can from continual chatter. And so there's a, there is a connection there. Now, I don't know whether Jesus actually was in connection with people from the Middle East or even the Far East at the time, but you know, I do think that what you're saying is really interesting. There is seems to be... A lot of wisdom spread out all over the world. If you're willing to see it, each right. each faith seems to have a piece of something that we need to put together. Particularly in your book, you talk about a Hawaiian, a faith. Hawaiian
0: problem solving method. Right,
1: and I can't pronounce it, Harold. <laughs> I'm okay. not going to try.
0: It's my, it's my favorite practice and one of my favorite words. It's called Ho Opono Pono. H O apostrophe O P O N O P O N O. It's an amazing thing. I read a book. It's The book is called Zero Limits. And it's actually written, it's co-written by a psychologist and a guy who I learned about via, he is like a, he's an internet marketing guru from the 90s. He's like one of the godfathers of internet marketing. And his name's Joe Vitale. He has since become Dr. Joe Vitale because he got some sort of online Ph.D. degree in philosophy. Mm -hmm. But I'll make a long story short. This Hawaiian psychologist named Dr. He's got a long name, E. Haleaka Hulan. I call him Dr. Hulan, H-E-W space L-E-N. He learned this method. He went to work for the Hawaii State Hospital's criminal psychiatric ward. He began his psychology work 20 hours per week, he never interviewed a patient. So normally you figure a psychologist on a criminally insane ward would be sitting there with patients all day trying to dig into their minds, right? All he did was pour, he became part of the staff of course, he poured over their records and did this thing called Ho'oponopono, I'll tell you how it goes in a minute. First I want to tell you the story of Doctor Who Lynn. He did this work, he calls it, by reviewing the files of each prisoner. And he, I won't go, I can't go into too much detail, don't have enough time. But basically, he said, Why is this in my life? Why am I sharing this program of this guy who murders babies or something like that? And so he would do this practice while reviewing the files. The bottom line of this book called Zero Limits, I recommend you pick it up, it's really interesting. The bottom line is the entire ward was basically cured and a couple years later they shut it down because they didn't need it anymore. People started, uh, stop, people stopped, uh, there was always problems with uh, staff didn't show up to work, fights in the hallway, prisoners attacking people. With what he did and like I was talking about the group work, he taught the whole staff how to do this. He fixed the whole ward. And that's where the miracle business method can fix whole companies just by thinking differently. I'll give you quickly the method of Ho'oponopono, the basic. There's lots of parts of this book, but the basic method is a short four-subject thing that you say to yourself in your head. You don't do it out loud, and you don't tell anyone you're doing it. You say, I love you. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you.
1: And this is saying, I'm sorry to whom? Your acquaintances? It's your Everybody of, you run no, into? you
0: don't say it to people. You basically say it to your inner self, to that, that right mind, the one that's observing your thoughts. You just say, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. You can think of it as saying it to the person you're thinking about. You can think of it saying it while thinking about a problem you're having. I cannot tell you how many times, and this is just recent, people think I'm crazy, I don't really care. I can't tell you how many times I've had a cat not show up when it's time to come in, and I do this, and within a minute or two, the cat appears. And I haven't lost a cat yet.
1: That is interesting. During this recent crisis with the Thai boys lost in the cave, one of the mothers said she was praying to her son's spirit, saying, Son, come out of there. And I thought that was a, an unusual type of prayer that we would, of course, pray to God to intercede for us to right. help her son, but she was praying for her husband, for her son's spirit to now, come out.
0: That's a great point because the entire subject of prayer. The Course sums it up this way. God cannot answer your prayer in the world if the world isn't really here. How can he even do that? And that's part of the definition of prayer in the Course is that you don't, you really, you can't pray for anything. Like you can't pray to win the lottery. All you can do is pray to learn how to forgive. And... Praying for something never works. You know, you pray to get the, you know, the $10,000 lotto winnings, it just never happens. What you, when you say pray, what you want to do is you just want to be in touch with your inner self and you want to forgive everything you see. And I don't want to get off track, but the other thing about the course is that if you think you need to connect with someone, you think you need to pick up the phone or talk to them directly physically. But the Course actually says that it's the same difference. You can meet in your mind with an idea, a person of the past, a person in the future, and uh, you don't have to be in the same room to communicate.
1: There is a process now that has become very popular called Reiki, where people spiritually work on each other to stop them from having pain. And one of, I, I do Reiki, and I went into this, again, with great skepticism. Um, I'm not as open-minded as, as Harold is. And so I went to this with great skepticism, but it seemed to work. And um, so I kind of am recommending it, that it, goes, it seems to go from one person to another. But one person told me, call in your angels when things are bad, And I'm just seeing a relationship with this where you just call in the spirit of everybody who loves you and has ever loved you as a kind of protective device. Now, I don't know that you wouldn't get a flat tire, but I'm just saying that you're praying for general well-being, which leads me to a question. You're seeing these things about prayer and spiritualism, but you're at the same time looking for some type of material gain, are you not, to sell your book, to yeah, give right. successful conferences? Right. And,
0: and that's my whole point about we're here at the level of the world, but we need to fix it from the level, a different level. It's sort of like in the Bible when it says the meek shall inherit the earth. In a worldly sense, that makes no sense at all. Obviously, you know, you don't inherit nothing unless you got wealthy parents, <clears throat> What what your point of that is, is that I, for instance, in my own example, I have a passion for this course that I'm writing. I like to teach people things if I can. I learn while I teach. And yes, my goal would actually be monetary. But in reality, my real goal with this book and the idea of promoting it would actually just be enough monetary gain to replace my day job so i can do this more in other words i'm not trying to turn my whatever i've got now into 10 million dollars by adding this on i'm just trying to change my job from a day-to-day paperwork shuffling tax as my dad used to say a tax hack because he was one too (laughs) okay i just want to convert my money earning method from my day job pushing papers I still help people, but I want to make it to where I can teach people. And I did want to say one more thing because we are coming up on that final break. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go into that later because we've only <laughs> got about a minute left. I have a story from a student that I taught Ho'oponopono to that she wrote me and it's in the book. And she said, Ho'oponopono, Ho'oponopono saved our lives. And it's a story of a car crash where she started saying it while her car was spinning through a freeway full of trucks, and they landed in the ditch on the side virtually unharmed.
1: I saw that online just before I came. Yeah, she
0: credits that to Ho'oponopono.
1: So I'm sure you can look that up and and Google it. Actually, you can go to
0: MiracleBusinessMethod.com, and it's part of the blog on that website.
1: It was a great story.
0: Yeah. So we're almost at the end. Do you have anything else you want to ask me?
1: Nothing except to say thank you. This has been a very interesting and amazing discussion. I need to say and thank uh, you to
0: you for coming in and helping me. It's I been hope really we can fun. repeat it sometime. I think we should. Okay. And the book is actually going to be, should be published this fall. And I will keep everybody posted, of course, along with new tax laws and all of those things. But, uh, Linda, you've been writing still. I know you have a really interesting book in the works because we hear about it during the group. I'm working
1: on. I'm working on a novel. It's pure romance and pirates and a woman pirate. And it's very fun and very liberating after writing about town councils.
0: Linda's book is really going to be good. So thank you for being here with me on Business Buzz. Thank you, Linda. And I'll see you on Business Buzz next time. Take it easy. KKXX. Paradise. K280 GL. Breaking news this
1: hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Early reaction from congressional Republicans to President Trump's news conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin has been largely negative. Speaker
0: Paul Ryan saying the president must appreciate that Russia is not our ally. Florida's Marco Rubio calling Russia an adversary. Some longtime Republican critics are even tougher. Outgoing Arizona Senator Jeff Flake called the president's comments shameful. And Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman Bob Corker said he didn't think this was a good moment for our country. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. At least one GOP member echoed
1: President Trump's criticism of special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. California Congressman Darrell Issa says he wants to know more about the indictments and investigation. I want to see those indictments.